So apparently this is my week for Cassandrian prophecy. Started on Monday with Bill Mick and talking to people about why the idea of banning any idea is a bad idea. We talked a little bit more about that. And then I had planned to record this show on Wednesday evening. However, it is now Friday evening as I sit down in front of my Tascam DP2400 to record. Why? Well, you're going to have to listen to Sunday's show, What the Frock with Rod, because I'm only going to go through this once, but I've had a hell of a week so since Wednesday afternoon at 12.30. Needless to say, I wasn't able to record prior to that, but I did want to get back to this because there's some things here that still need to be dealt with. One of which is very simply that an Article 5 convention of the states is doomed to fail. Do you understand that? I I, I know what Rush Limbaugh said. I I read Mark Levin's book. I've heard all the argument. I, I, I get it all. I understand it all. I also know that the men who wrote those words were concerned about the legitimacy of their own convention. In fact, there were many people, Samuel Adams among them, who believed that what they were doing was nothing short of treason. That it was, well, in his words, I smell a rat. Their intent was not necessarily to allow for an Article 5 convention of the states. However, had they wanted that to happen, they would have seen it as a much different convention of the states than we would see it today. Number one, it would have been a convention of the states, the state governments, not the populist government elected under the 17th Amendment. They would have seen this more as the state representatives, the state legislatures, seeking what was in the state's best interests, which weren't necessarily always the same as the federal interests. Number two, they understood that the best way to do this was to have Congress propose the amendments, get it through the people's representation in Congress with a proper debate, a proper discussion, presidential signature, and then send it out to the states and let them wrangle through it for three quarters of the states to ratify it. Anything else was going to be chaos. It just was. And they knew that. They understood that innately. But the problem they had was they had to put in this additional idea, this Article 5 Convention of the States, because that's what essentially they were doing. And they needed to legitimize what they were doing. Now, does that mean it's not possible to do? No, doesn't mean that at all. Does it mean I wouldn't enjoy watching it? Of course not. I think it would be fascinating. I also think that it would fail for the same reasons and the same arguments that we got into this week over banning CRT, the argument, you know, critical race theory in Oklahoma and other places. The argument goes like this. Well, the school board works for us. We're the voters. We're the taxpayers. We decide what they do. And that is absolutely correct insofar as it goes. The problem is, and 
what we seem to be forgetting is that the school board was elected. Meaning that a plurality of voters, not necessarily a majority, but a plurality of the votes that were cast were cast for the people who were on the school board. Now, maybe you have a situation like we had in Assembly District 25 a few years ago in California where the winner got a little over 27% of the vote because there were so many people running. And so she got the most votes, but it was just over 27%. She never liked the fact that I would regularly point out to her, you do realize that nearly 75% of the people who voted voted against you, right? Well, no, I, I have a mandate. No, you don't. But you can believe that you do. In the same vein, because of the way the school board is elected, unless you have a situation like that, and assuming that you did, surely the person who was sitting on the school board would have the intelligence to know that it's probably not a great idea to piss off everybody in the electric. Maybe, maybe not. But assuming that you had a relatively normal election in which 51% of the voters chose the school board people, that means that the school board represents a majority of the constituency. Right? Now, the argument goes that we should be able to tell them what we want because we're the taxpayers. Well, so are the 51% of the people who voted for them. Right? The Constitution protects minority rights, but does not and was never intended to, in fact, become a minority ruling system where the minority decides everything that's happening. In fact, this is exactly what they, the, uh, the total opposite of what they were trying to accomplish. Remember that under the Articles of Confederation, the minority ruled. Rhode Island could literally stop anything and everything from happening. The country was at a dead standstill. We couldn't get, we couldn't get treaties signed. We couldn't get the, the system with the English, English settled. We couldn't get infrastructure works done because Rhode Island... Petulant little Rhode Island, the minority of all the states, the smallest of all the 13 states, kept saying no. People were getting mad. People were getting frustrated. This is not what we're supposed to be. This is not what a democracy, a republic, a confederation is supposed to be. We're supposed to be able to get a consensus and move forward. And if you lost, well, maybe you win next time. Work harder next time. Win the election next time. And the same is true of school boards across the country. If you lost the school board elections for whatever reason, and I don't know what those reasons might be, can you legitimately say that the school board as elected doesn't represent the majority interest? In other words, the mistake that we keep making in this argument is we assume that everybody thinks the way we do, which is exactly the same argument we keep mistake we keep making with the Article 5 convention. Not everybody thinks the same way. Just because you want a balanced budget amendment and I want a balanced budget amendment doesn't mean my neighbor does. And my neighbor has just as much say in it as I do. Right? The fact of the matter is that an Article 5 convention has been tried in the past and it failed. It failed miserably because... There was no way to decide what exactly should happen 
let alone what authority it would have to happen. And even if by some miracle the convention, and it's not even clear that it was a convention in 1861, it's not even clear that it was official, but even if they had managed to come up with some plan for averting the Civil War, three-quarters of the states would still have had to ratify it, which was never going to happen. And the same thing's going to happen here. Even if you could get a convention of the states organized, and I'm not convinced that you could, you're going to run into the problem of, well, what can be discussed? There are compelling arguments that it can only be one thing, and what's the point of that? What's the point of having a constitutional convention to propose one amendment? Well, once upon a time, that almost happened. In the early 1915-16 era, it almost happened because the Senate issues were, were driving people insane. And the Senate and the Congress got so scared that the states were going to call that convention that they decided, well, we, we better put this out there ourselves, and they did. Hence the 17th Amendment, which, in my view, has created many of the problems we have now. But even if you could get that, is it just one subject or is it open to any subjects? And believe me, the United States Constitution itself is very unclear for the proposal of amendments to this Constitution. It certainly seems to imply more than one. Now, 41 states, I don't know if you knew this or not, but 41 states have laws that state that if they ask for a constitutional convention, it can only be a single amendment, single proposal. But again, there's no guarantee that that would hold up under federal constitution. There's no guarantee that those laws would be found to be constitutional by the court system. And, and in fact, I don't think they would. Meaning that, again, we're back to the same thing here. What exactly are we going to talk about at this convention? And it's very easy for us as conservatives to sit back and go, well, we want this, 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 and this. Mark Levin's book, The Liberty Amendments. We want these amendments because these are the amendments that, that refound the Constitution. But, but again, I mean, based on voter patterns, at best, we're 45% of the population. At best. Meaning that even if you take the logic and there's, you know, 45% Democrats or left, and then, you know, 10% of everybody else, where's your consensus? And what's, how are you going to decide who gets to decide what this whole thing is? Can you imagine in this charged atmosphere and in this day and age, you know, it's, it would be impossible for the Constitutional Convention of 1787 to have occurred. It couldn't happen. It almost didn't happen in 1787 for the same exact reasons. The only difference was, number one, men were much more mm, discreet and polite and driven by societal behavior rules that no longer exist. And number two, they didn't have an internet. As it was, they had to tell Ben Franklin to shut the hell up because he wouldn't stop gossiping every night. The fact of the matter is, an Article 5 convention would fall apart long before it ever even got started. By the time you, by the time you ever actually managed to get together, if you even could, you'd be right back where you started again, which is, okay, why do you, conservatives, get to dictate what this is? 
And even if we did, and even if we proposed these amendments, and even if we sent them out, you think you're going to get three quarters of states to ratify them? Because I don't. I, I don't see that happening. And it's the same way in this banning of, of, of ideas from school systems. I realize that we're all taxpayers. I realize that we're all voters. But we're not the only voters. There are people who, and I, I know this is going to hurt you because some of you have said this this week. You don't like that. Tango Sierra. Part of growing up with life is learning how to deal with the fact that there are people who disagree with you and not just because they don't like you. They see things differently. And rather than simply banning their ideas because you don't like them and you don't think they're right. Well, if you can do that to them, why can't they do that to you? We're back to this idea of a constitution then becoming more of a confederation and a minority, minority ruling system. It's not what we have. The majority rules via its representatives through elections that are held. You can disagree with it to your heart's content, and I encourage you to do so. And if you begin to see things that go in ways you don't want them to go, then you run harder for offices. You get better candidates. You, you do a better job of communicating the issue. You don't ban somebody else's ideas and somebody else's thoughts because you don't like them and you don't think they're right. Because I guarantee you, if you took the time to look around, you would find that there are a lot of people who think you're wrong. I know, because I hear from them every day, Dave, you're wrong. You don't know nothing. Surprisingly, more and more of those are coming from the conservative right side these days. But that's okay. I don't mind being told I'm wrong. You can tell me you're wrong till you're blue in the face. The problem you're going to have is you're going to have to argue it from a logic standpoint, not just, I don't like that. I don't like that is not a valid argument, constitutionally or legally or logically. There are a lot of things I don't like. I don't like raisins. I can't stand raisins. But I understand that some people do, and some people put them in oatmeal cookies. And frankly, if I could work my will, those people would be bitten, beaten with large sticks. But I can't work my will. Don't even get me started on smoking issues, because you know where I, you know what I think about that. But I don't get to work my will, because there are people who disagree with me, and we've already had these conversations. If you don't like things that are being taught in your schools, things that your school board is doing... Get off your ass and run for the school board. Make it an issue. Go to school boards. Participate in these things. I know you're not because nobody's virtually nobody's going to these meetings. Finding people to run for offices has been, well, let's just say it's not the easiest thing in the world because these are thankless jobs that don't pay a lot of money and you put up a lot of crap. And I get it. They're sacrificial service jobs, you know what you're supposed to do to serve your country and your community, as opposed to enriching yourself. That's the problem, though, isn't it? Too many of us have become about that. Too many of us have come to believe that we have no, we can have no effect. We can have no impact whatsoever. Well, you can but you're not going to do it by banning other people's ideas and banning other people's thoughts and other people's who happen to be in the majority, by the way, things that they have decided that they wanted. 
and we're, we're willing to work hard to get the majority to do. You're going to have to work harder to get your majority. If you're not trying, well, maybe the problem isn't somebody else's ideas. Maybe the problem is staring back at you from the mirror.